Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Bye Bye Love by the Cars! You know that if you search Cars... On Spotify, it shows you the soundtrack to the movie Cars. Oh, Disney Pixar's Cars? Yep. Featuring uh, Larry the Cable Guy in a very, very good role as uh, as the 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 car's friend, Mater. Mm-hmm. You know, like Tom Mater? Mm-hmm. Saw that movie in the theater, and I was like, that's a good joke. I mean, to be fair, uh, he that's a role he was born to play. So I can't say I'm shocked that he did that well. No. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's discredit that. Um, we don't support Larry the Cable Guy um, for his role as Mater in Cars because I could have just done that shit myself. Yeah, exactly. That would have been some range. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, it would be it would be pretty impressive. I could be a a voiceover actor and I could be the host of As You Were a podcast about Alkaline Trio where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. My name is Tim like Tim Mater mm-hmm. and uh and then this is my friend David who just uh showed me that he needs to go see a chiropractor, mm-hmm. which is an unfortunate fact about quarantine is that we probably all need to see chiropractors right now. Yep, probably. So, we hope that everybody's uh doing well and and working on their core, making sure that they're keeping that tight just to protect everything that's attached to it. Um but hey, David, Anthony, we got a song to talk about. It's called Bye Bye Love we by do The Cars. We have to talk about this song by The Cars and the song as performed by the Alkaline Trio. Um, That's right. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to start by saying what this is maybe a, maybe not their rarest song, but it's up there in that it's not on the collections um, mm-hmm. for reasons I can't know. Um, probably because they didn't want to pay. That's to my guess. Put it out onto a bigger platform. I mean, I'm sure this was not. Um, I'm sure they didn't get rights to this on the seven inch. The split with the blue meanies. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you ever listen to the blue meanies? Never really did. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, not the. I I don't have anything against ska, but I was like never like. Oh my god, ska's my shit. So, mm-hmm. um, if I, you know, who was pretty good, that was, I believe they're from Chicago, uh, Hot Stove Jimmy, their last record, pretty weird, pretty cool, um, for a like weirdo late 90s ska record. Um, that's my mm. ska recommendation for the week. Um, I recommend everybody go and listen to Slapstick featuring Dan from the Alkaline Trio and. Brendan Kelly, Road to the Skeleton Coast, available now wherever you stream your podcasts um, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's the phrase the podcasters use. Um, yeah, Alkaline Trio, Split with the Blue Meanies, came out on Thick Records in the year 2000. Does that mean that this is a Mike Fellumley? 
performance. See, that's what I was wondering. I feel like this has got to be Glenn still because it's just nope. like it sounds like wrong that again, to me. David. It's Mike Fellamly. Really? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Or it might be a credit to Mike Fellamly, but a recording that Glenn did. Yeah, I mean, this mm. one just sounds so raw to me. And given that, like, I know the timeline gets pretty wonky there. And I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know where this existed in time and space for them. Because um, I've also always, I don't have the, like, tiny, like, uh, credits information with me. But I always wondered who played the, like, synth part on this. Because uh, it's very heavily there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think that that is befitting to a cover song of a band like the cars Mm -hmm. i mean i think it kind of needs to be that doesn't it i mean hey we're talking about a car's cover hey we're talking about a car's cover song i mean david do you do you even listen to the cars like do you even listen to the cars oh yes uh i think i own the first record i I know the first name Name uh, their first three albums. Uh, it's the Cars, and then... Poser testing them. Poser testing them. You know, I don't know what happens after that. I, I think I really only know that first one. The Cars are a band that I think, I think if I'd grown up with the Cars, I would have a little bit more affection mm-hmm. for them. Um, I. I've I've tried a few times and I and I always think like this is this is pretty good. Yeah. Uh this is there's nothing that can be uh dismissed by the songwriting. Uh there's some very very great tracks along with singles that we've all heard so many times. Mm-hmm. Um I I I guess that the cars have never really like reached anywhere further than skin surface for me yeah it was like the relationship that i had with tom petty a little bit before you were like no check out wildflowers Mm -hmm. i think i put the cars on try tried a few times to be like this is probably like cooler than i'm giving it credit for and it's always just like yeah it's good songwriting yeah i mean i i I definitely think it's cool like the first record has which is what this song is from also has like i I think their two biggest hits which are just what i needed and uh best friends girl i think those are really like the top the top tier car songs Mm -hmm. um or like most popular and i really don't need to hear those songs again ever yo and i i don't like that best friends girl song there's there's something that i i really just can't fuck with them (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i mean I will say this, and not to disparage uh, Rick Ocasek, he's, as a creepy song, um, obviously, uh, you know, it's judging yeah. it against the standards set by today on a song that was written uh-huh. a very long time ago, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, but a guy who looked like Rick Ocasek singing that song is like, mm, a little rough. Like, <laughs> he had an aesthetic that was... He looks 70 years old in the 70s. Yeah, I remember um, very distinctly. In fact, going to, I was visiting my aunt in Baltimore, 
And uh, I was in sixth grade, and we went to the Hard Rock Cafe for dinner on Friday night because mm-hmm. I saw Baltimore that weekend. I really took in all mm-hmm. the culture. I went to the Hard Rock Cafe. Uh, I went to the ESPN Zone. Hell yeah. Uh, I went to a Ravens game. And that's really why I've never watched uh, The Wire is because I felt like I I got it. Yeah, you, you really when I was, lived it. When I was down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen that gif, though, of, of uh, WeeBay, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that gif, but I don't know. Something about, something about my trip to Baltimore felt a little bit more genuine. In fact, I feel like I never really got the uh, soft-shell crab out of my system, mm-hmm. you know? The just old bay. Like, yeah, just like... Lift up my arms sometimes. I'm like, ooh, that smells like soft shell crab. Mm-hmm. So a beautiful um, trip, I'm sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that has to do uh, with the the cars because. Oh yeah, they were playing the they were playing a cars video mm-hmm. on the TV, and I was just like, what is that guy? And it was Rick Ocasek, uh-huh. and more importantly, it was Rick Ocasek's hair. Yeah, yeah, he had a real like hockey mullet thing going on a little bit like very feathered a lot going on in the back um oh look an aesthetic choice it's a really funny look because it's i think a great example of someone who just went it's like richard hell was too much Mm -hmm. for mainstream music but rick okasic Pretty much the same haircut, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a little bit shinier. It looks like it's it's seen some shampoo. Mm-hmm. So we're cool with Rick Ocasek, and we're cool with this band that's pretty much like any other punk band from the time. Yeah, uh, but they're a new wave band, so <laughs> they sold millions of records. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's an interesting delineation point. Is that like when you really break down car songs, like they're pretty, you know aside from synths maybe even though there were like a good amount of like band punk bands using that in the early la scene with like the screamers and shit um Mm -hmm. i think like yeah it's really not that different structurally and it's why i think this cover makes a lot of sense is because it's like yeah like the bones are there the meat of the song is there it's structured Mm -hmm. not dissimilarly to you know early alkaline trio material it has maybe a little more of a lilting pace to it um Mm -hmm. but it's really not that far off uh but yeah it's just interesting how they were viewed as a new wave band but then pretty quickly okasic's like and i think you know aside from the hits we named like he really becomes known as like a huge producer and he's producing like punk and hardcore bands pretty early on um in his production career like one of his first credits i think is suicide if not the first the fact that he produced the first Suicide record, and that is his first production credit, is the type of shit that just makes you say, oh, fuck, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was totally tapped into something. And I you know, I did a little bit of research on the cards today, and I think it's pretty funny when you think about um, the fact that like this is a band of people from Cleveland, and that's where... Devo like comes from and you know Devo was a punk band mm. essentially but then they were also like 
a new wave band and like you know you could describe devo as post-punk just like you could kind of describe uh the cars as a punk band but then seeing rick okasic's involvement with something like suicide which Mm. was so out there yeah um it's i don't know it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing to always like i think always remember or like point out because pretty much anytime you're associated with punk Mm -hmm. mainstream music is going to try and like hide that sure from everybody but it's just like we're all part of the same thing well i mean i bringing in the devo thing's interesting too because i think the ohio scene of the late 70s um you know you have the cars you have devo who i think initially were from akron and then moved and then i think oh is it rock from the tombs um Mm -hmm. who again are perubu as well who's that Perubu. Yes, exactly. Very so, weird like, band. you're kind of getting the early genesis of like basically what you were seeing elsewhere in like this Midwestern state that I, I don't think gets the same lift because of the fact that like the cars were this like big pop act. Devo mm-hmm. kind of reached that at a certain point. Um, and the other two are, are, you know, maybe a little too austere and weird, but I think we're like, very much in line with the post-punk stuff that was happening in England. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I know the people who love Perubu and Rock from the Tombs and all that. Uh, and you wouldn't get a band named Rock from the Crypt if not for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think they get the same shine on them, um, either historically or even, like, you know, when people kind of go back and get really into a thing for five years, you know. Uh, that's I don't yeah. think either of those bands have really caught that same shine. Yeah, it's like... If you if you find someone who likes Perubu a lot, it is both a good and bad thing because if you like Perubu a lot, they are a reflection of the type of annoying person that you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I don't fuck with much post punk in general, which is a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's not even just that he's producing Suicide, who are like so you know, influential and important to a lot of worlds and like the New York scene and like even people like Bruce Springsteen. Um, but he very quickly, mm-hmm. you know, he produces what is really the first Bad Brains LP. You know, the mm-hmm. Roar tape was out there, but it was a tape. I, you know, it, it definitely permeated the hardcore scene. But doing Rock for Light, I think, you know, is a pretty big move. And it's not like that record's super fucking glossy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even by the standards of 1983. Um, he clearly knew how to get how to serve what was there and i think those are early examples of the fact that like as a producer he was pretty good and i think understood the the artist he was working with and it's just always interesting to me how people from certain bands become the producer type like you know Mm -hmm. john feldman from goldfinger becoming this multi-million dollar like producer when it's like dude was in fucking goldfinger like yeah uh, how you know it's also really funny that like i mean if you look at rick okasic's credits it was the blue album Mm -hmm. and like he's very spotty up until the blue album and i am going to 
uh, take a second to talk about something that I never thought I would talk about on this podcast or really any podcast that I do. But Rick Ocasek produced a band called Black 47 Mm -hmm. uh, in the early 90s. They were an Irish band uh, living in New York who were very much... um, a continuation of the Pogues, but had a lot more like modern shit. And when I was eight, nine years old, they were my favorite band. Interesting. They were probably like my, they predate the Goo Goo Dolls as my favorite band. I have a tape that, uh, my first tape that I ever made, my dad helped me make it. It was called Nine Years in the Making, mm-hmm. and it is half Black 47 songs and then just like different Elvis Costello and uh, um, Paul McCartney songs that I really liked. But it's pretty much the entire first Black 47 record that huh. Rico Kasich produced. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, I've never even heard them. So that's uh, – is it worth checking out? I I think that – it's it's a little it's a little hokey obviously okay. it's irish music but um yeah i i'll have to go back to that first that first album a lot of the songs are really long mm-hmm. um but a lot of them are yeah they're fucking really good i think huh. i'll send you i'll send you some i'm yeah. curious uh did not know that interesting detail to come up as we talk about rick okasic Totally. So, yeah. But he also produced this record uh, called uh, Weezer uh, by the band Weezer. Um, he also later then... produced the album Weezer by the band Weezer. Oh, interesting. Is there a, like, a way to uh, differentiate the two? I don't think they ever figured out a good way to do that. Huh. Well, that's kind of weird. Not even like Weezer 2, like no. you know, Led Zeppelin. Um, well, what are you going to do? Uh, unfortunately, Weezer was, uh, totally hampered by the fact that after they made, I guess, three records, nobody could really tell the difference between two of those. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there was one that nobody liked, uh, but then everybody liked again. And now nobody's really pointed out the fact that, uh, it's basically somebody admitting that they're a pervert. Uh, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, what are your thoughts and feelings on the rock and roll entity known as Weezer? I love those first two records so much. Mm. And um, and I also really like Malatroid. Malatroid's underrated. It's so underrated. Um, after that... I don't need any more Weezer records. There have been a lot, though. Well, here's the thing is, I would have a very similar thing to say. I like love the Blue Album. I enjoy Pinkerton, and I enjoy Maladroit. Um, but that band is so deeply annoying to me at this point in time where I can't mm-hmm. listen to fucking any of them. Uh, there was like... Oh God... I think this was a year or two ago where I was like, can I go one fucking week without seeing like Weezer doing something goofy all over the internet? Because, oh my (laughs) fucking God, like it was just way too much. Yeah. And we let him get away with all of it, Mm -hmm. which is weird. Even though it was just this like 
kind of like I don't know this combination of like loving and hating a thing uh, that drives people like insane sometimes because you can love it so much but you can hate it so much um i can't really relate to the feeling um but i know that a lot of people experience it yeah i mean it's definitely not something that i've ever gone through with any other band let alone one that i've dedicated a lot of time of my life uh to talking about um yeah maybe there's just imagining like the like amount of time that just takes Mm -hmm. for you to say like Oh, really like what they used to do. Mm-hmm. I hate this. But maybe there's like a song here and there that makes you say like, God, this song was fucking awesome. I wish they'd done more of this. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a rare thing. I'm I'm glad that only Weezer fans know that unique experience, though. Uh, yeah. Going through it sounds awful. Yeah. It's crazy how um, how music is like really just a a whole lot of singular identities um Mm -hmm. no crossover and uh yeah weird you know everybody's talking about this like spotify thing um you know the guy saying like oh uh the bands should work harder uh because he only pays them 0.0014 cents per song which is kind of cool um because I, I can only really think of money in terms of like, you know, down to like a penny. But mm-hmm. that guy's so fucking smart that he came up with a different concept of money. And mm-hmm. everybody's fucking mad at him about it because they don't understand that money doesn't have to be something that you earn for music. It can be more like a concept. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's better to think about money as a concept. Well, and I prefer to think about albums as visual albums which are movies mm-hmm. personally well, the thing, yeah the thing that i don't really understand about spotify though is it's just like um like there's there's so much music on there um why do you need all of it when you could just uh like you could only like the bands that you like uh and then you could i guess there's thing is there's no ways to uh to find new music or to discover old music without spotify so i can understand why people don't want to get rid of it but anyway sorry tangents Um, i mean i'm just sitting here thinking about visual albums and how more more albums should just be movies you know there we have so many great examples of that throughout history we have um uh, well the thing that I love one. about that I, the thing that I love about that though is like all these musicians are complaining about not getting paid uh, enough by putting their songs on Spotify and you have one of the most successful musicians in the world who has said oh the way to make money uh, from music now is to just make a movie mm-hmm it's like what how that's the problem musicians yeah. musicians are too narrow minded they just write songs and then expect that to be enough i don't I just don't understand it me neither. I just want to watch a movie that is actually music, but anyway, that's a whole other topic 
Do you think Weezer's going to make a visual album? Uh, I don't know. That guy has probably had a very interesting quarantine. <laughs> I imagine most days around him are very interesting from the stories I've heard. I would love to see like what sets him off because it has to be like I would love to see that guy walk into his house and have the air conditioning at 70 degrees when he wanted it at 68. And I didn't mm-hmm. say 69 because he's probably celibate at this mm. point because probably he spent so much time being a fucking pervert uh that he was like oh celibacy it's the only way which is great anyway i love the uh uh surf wax america song and mm-hmm. i really love that in the garage song i think the second half of the first weezer record is like <sighs> first half's okay just my like... favorite songs on the first half so there you have it which um one? The world has turned and left me here. That's a good one, too. He also talks um, about being a pervert in that song. Sure does. Uh, <laughs> uh, much like Rick Ocasek sings about love. Um, what do you think of... So, in the Alkaline Trio version of the song, what jumps out to you? What makes this feel like a good cover to you? When matt says it's an orangey sky i understand exactly what he found in this band Mm, it is a good observation perfect for him um i don't know if you've seen the maybe i'll catch fire album cover but um you know Mm, orange orange uh orange you glad i didn't say weezer um do they have an orange album? Yeah, they'll get there. Um, yeah, I like this cover. Um, it's it's kind of cool to realize that a band like the Cars wrote something that is really just a very simple pop song. It has really, really nice movements within it. I think that Alkaline Trio plays a, you know, pretty by the book cover version there's a little Mm. bit more distortion there's they don't like go wild out for it it sounds like something that they probably played during practices Mm -hmm. just because and it seems like a a thing that was fun and that's probably why they put it on a split with the blue meanies that seems about right to me what do you give the song um i give it a three out of five I'm going to go three and a half. There's three members. Mm, I give it for the half member who played all the keyboard parts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I'm with you. Three and a half out of five. Hey, this is... Is that your favorite Avril Lavigne song? (laughs) This is our podcast called As You Were Podcast about Alkaline Trio. We we do it because we like it, because we like music, because we like this band. Though sometimes they're a little frustrating. Um, yeah, I mean, the cars, I love them, but they're just really frustrating. Yeah, they're super frustrating. Did they uh, write that song, Cars? No, uh, In Cars? Mm-hmm. No. Mm, that would be that cool, That seems like though. a missed opportunity. Yeah. What a cool idea. A band does a song that's the name of their band. Huh. Well, because I think the original lyrics were, I'm in the cars. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. Uh, you can go over there and vote on the songs that we talk about and listen to us talk about other stuff. And it's a really cool place to hang out. So I can I invite you all to to have a look at that and to rate and subscribe to this and to come back next week. We talk about another song that isn't by the Ollie cars. Bad Company by the song by the band Band Company off the album Bad Company. You said Band Company. Band Company band is company. a much better band name than Bad Company. Um, I'd start a band company is the name of one of those like shitty like that band lotion it's like that (laughs) we'll see you next week thanks Bubba